Welcome. It's another episode of uh, Don't Be an Idiom here. And wow. Everyone's favorite. And today we're in front of a live studio audience. It's good to be around Let's people. Let's hear all the people. Who yeah. These are all yeah. Albert's siblings. That's how we got them in here. How do we get so many siblings? So it's the podcast that explores the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. I mean... If it's episode fifty-eight, if you're just coming here now, come on. Then uh, you well, got well, a lot, you got a lot of work coming. to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah this is fifty-seven hours you got to get through. Yeah, it's no easy task. You can probably skip some of the first. Episodes. Oh, definitely. Please, <laughs> please skip all See, of the first. See, what you want to do is you want to you want to become a super fan, and then you go back and watch the listen to the first. Oof, I don't well, you know even what the know. The thing is though, I, yeah. I, like we, I knew we got some great songs in, in like by like episode we did, four. Yeah. So if the songs were good. Uh. Okay, well... It was a little more loosey-goosey back then. A little bit. But, you know, now we have, you know, strict... A format. Format. And we're currently in... That's the, the top, top of the show. show. I mean, it's Albert's favorite part of recording this hour. Top of the show. <laughs> so, uh, of the show. we just had a couple things to remark on from our last episode. We mentioned how... Because we talked about going postal, and we mentioned how Benjamin yes. Franklin was the first postmaster general... And then your cousin, my cousin Sam, he had like all these great yeah. po- postman Franklin uh, factoids. Yeah. Well, what's funny is because me and Rice started joking about how Ben Franklin just probably invented the term postmaster and just probably just was like, this is this is what the postmaster does. I got. Yeah. Here's the rules. Here's this is the postmaster does, yeah. and I'm also the postmaster. And I'm on the postmaster. Yeah. Um. So he, my cousin Sammy, uh, sent us a message saying that. Um, when he was postmaster, he would not pay for postage. He would just write, sign his signature in the corner where the stamp should go. Yeah. And people were like, right, oh, we, yeah, we got yeah. to get this out. And I'm going to try doing the that. The postmasters. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Big quotes. Yeah. So also, um, you can still go to this uh, post office. It's on Market Street in Old City. In Philadelphia. Which, in Philadelphia, yeah. which, is, which is where... Um, it started, right? Uh, yeah. And you can go there, and if you mail a letter from there, they mm. will do a stamp signature of oh, Benjamin Franklin's signature. What a and, throwback. And they'll send it for free. Wow. Which is like, why don't I just go there for all my mail? So maybe, is that the only place in America where you can send something for free like that? I mean, I maybe other mail places have famous... Mail places? Mail post offices? Post offices have their own, like out in like Missouri or something. But uh-huh. I mean, this seems like a big one. This is a big one. It doesn't get much bigger than no. B. Frank's uh, signature on your envelope. So anyway, this is going to be part one of, you know, the, the don't be an idiot boys go on a little tour of, of Philadelphia. <laughs> we're going to we're going to stop there and we are going to mail one lucky fan something with From, Ben Franklin's yeah. signature. And Albert also really wants to go to the Shrek. Oh, yeah. The Shrek box. So, so we also talked about this uh, either on the last episode or one before that. And Greg Kempf reached out and he he had found the instagram of the shrek box and uh, somebody even did a podcast episode about it but basically uh go check it out it's an old refurbished um newspaper newspaper uh, box maybe. it's at seventh and league street in south philly and you can go get your shrek on and that's going to be part two of okay. ryan and albert do walking to our philadelphia yeah i might sit that one out are you kidding <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm gonna go you, you gotta go uh 
I asked Albert to guess when the first telegram was sent. I think I think I challenged anyone, anyone. To, to call in with an accurate guess, and Albert, Albert started saying seventeen something. It didn't and feel said, it nope. didn't sit well right with me. But it was eighteen forty four. Oh, I was right there. Samuel Morse. Morse. Morse code. The Morse code guy. Oh, that's good. So I also need to set the record straight because I kept referring to a seven year period as fifteen years. We're talking about or thirteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was 13. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're apologizing for things that no, we seven. can't remember. Right. No, no, no. I mean, you were saying 13 was, on the show uh, and I was like, that doesn't seem quite right. But I wasn't going to, you know. If, if given enough time, math will. I can do any math with enough time. Yeah. And I needed two weeks to figure out that seven year period was, was, was much more than that. Wait, 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 no. The opposite of what I just said. Math is like inventing and figuring out a language at the same time like mm. it's like it's just crazy <laughs> inventing and figuring out yeah, a language you know like the first person that did like long division they're like yeah huh, i'm just gonna pull like what are they even thinking they're just like they're just probably numbers looking at numbers are popping out of the air you know they see like three turtles they're like i had three oh, one I had three turtles <laughs> if i wanted one <laughs> if i wanted one more turtle one of those. i guess that's how division <laughs> No, we could. That's the thing. It's so confusing. Very confusing. So uh, yeah, if you so no. call in, if you know anything about, you well, know, we already gave away the turtles. Answer. Oh, <laughs> fair uh, enough. So, uh, so that's it. The the telegram. Yeah, that's it. And uh, that's yeah, it. I think I think I was done that's talking good. about it. It was an experimental line from D.C. to Baltimore. Oh, nice. What was the first message? Uh, it, it it was a biblical passage. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't write that down because, you know, this isn't, you know, we haven't begun the story part of the two well, idiot I like histories. To, I like to get stuck in the top of the show. I can just, <laughs> just live in the top of the show. Yeah, you could. We were supposed to record this uh, episode last night, mm. um, but Albert oh. refused. Yep. Well, you know, I'm getting up there in years and I was trying to hang no. out with a bunch of 30 or younger people. Yeah. My Laura's birthday was thir- was on Friday, and I was like, okay, uh, every, you know, like the oldest anyone else here is thirty, which mm-hmm. means that they're at least, you know, like eight, almost nine years younger than me. Sure, but some were even younger. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna be the party guy, and you know, I, I brought out the <laughs> I, I brought out the beer pong. Yeah. And and you're like, they were like, do you, have, do you kids ever hear the beer pong? <laughs> you ever hear the beer pong? Um. So, and then after every game, I was like, all right, let's do a shot. Yeah. Seven you games can't. You're later. You're way too old for that. I know. You got I the know. achy knees, don't you? I did. I did the next day. <laughs> oh, okay. I had the achy everything. Also, I threw up, which oh. is, that's a, it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. My and God. The only, it was. It I don't was, think we needed to hear too many details about this. Well, but. it was like blood red. Oh, I Jesus. thought there was something wrong with me, but then it, it, re- it turns out it was the. It was the velvet, red velvet cupcakes that Katie made. Oh that was the, that was all I had what for dinner. What a mess, dude! Yeah, you're a mess. That, that red velvet cupcake was just sitting in my stomach like a little sailboat or a sea of just waiting to heaven see the world. Whiskey and well, pepper vodka. I'm sure the captain of that ship is really pleased with your decisions. He is gone from <laughs> right. He's <laughs> dead. He's <laughs> completely dead. But anyway, so look, don't ask me to do shots anymore. All right? Yeah. No, we won't. We won't do that at all. Uh, great. So, you know, usually at this juncture, we 
play a game because we need to decide who's going to go first with their idiom history. Yeah, it's one of the fun things that we do. That you can't really a, be a not part everybody of. Everybody else does. Yeah, but I think we 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 had to like cut out almost all the games recently because they've taken like eight minutes to do. Mm-hmm. But I think this one's gonna be a this one quick should one. Be okay, yeah. This is we're just gonna. I got I got our my Spanish deck of cards here from back we'll when Ryan some was Spanish. living in Barcelona. And that, that's that was your big gift to yourself, huh? This was my gift to myself. <laughs> And they do have dollar stores even in Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not called dollar stores. Peso stores. <laughs> That's Mexico. <laughs> um, Euro. You know. Yeah. Euro stores. Euro stores. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're just going to play an old fashioned hand of like kids poker is what I call it. Just, yeah. You know, I just call it poker. Five cards. Uh-huh. And you, you can take a, you know, you swap some stuff out and. Right, okay, well, let's uh, let's, let's play here it. and see what happens. All right, Tex. Mm. Five new ones. So bold. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's worse than my original hand. All right, what do, what do you got? Nothing. Seven one twelve four nine. Okay, that doesn't sound too good. Uh, I've got nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Jack. Whoa, that's a straight. A straight. That is nice. They call it. Dude, that's a nice hand. Right, you're up. Oh been, yeah, you've been man. Winning quite a, a bunch lately. Yeah, which is weird because I'm definitely the loser. Yeah, but no, I just there was a long time in the beginning where it's great. Yeah, it's great for you. I, what's great about you is that you are a true blue idiom host. You just, yeah. oh yeah. So true you come blue. back every other week. Okay. You really, we've continued after so many years. True yeah. blue. True blue. Okay. Yes, I've heard it. So that means like, I feel like yeah, I've heard it. What's the definition there, buddy? Uh, it just means that you're like you're the real deal. Like you're a real. True blue. I always feel like people say it's like you're a true blue friend. Yeah, yeah. Like you're a... Okay, and that's like a better way to think about it. Okay. Because if you're true blue, you're unwavering in one's commitment. Okay. Extremely loyal. Okay, right. So yeah, friendship. In in politics and stuff, they they use it um, as well. I don't want to give you too many details, but uh, you know, like if you have like loyalty to a party, you're like Mm -hmm. a true blue conservative, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, true blue. Okay. Now it's time to guess the origin. Where do you think that came from? All right. So I'm going to ask you a question first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is this have anything to do with like the blue bloods? Um, I, is it fair to answer, or do you know a lot about blue bloods or something? I I think blue bloods. I looked up a while ago, but right. like kind of didn't. So I here's well, my. I'll thing. tell you this. If it's it, not. It doesn't have anything to do with blue bloods. Perfect. Okay. 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 So. I'm going to say it does have something to do with the blue bloods. <laughs> Why did you ask me then? Because I didn't want to like get into a whole blue blood thing oh, okay. and then accidentally talk too much about what you were <laughs> going to talk about. I see. All right. So the blue bloods were like the royalty. Yeah. Not, or they, they were like the, the very white, mm-hmm. the very rich. You know, they, they thought of themselves as like better than, better than everyone right? else. Right. Sure. Yeah. So and that's and then they. You know, they kept the bloodlines mm-hmm. pure, blue. Yeah. yeah. Are you talking about like the 
like the Spanish royal family or like English royal? Are, like yeah, where I is this? I think where I'm is this? thinking. I think I was thinking of because there was a England. lot of okay of England. Okay, right? Are yeah. they blue bloods? Yeah, I think. So. I'm going to say that's English. Okay, so you're okay. In English. Okay, so we're in English. And England. And we, <laughs> Close. And we have the really, we have this really rich, the blue bloods uh-huh. families, uh-huh. right? Out yeah. there. And uh, they're like, you know, they just love each other because they, mm. they, they only love other rich people. Right. Like, like, they're like, oh, we get each other. We're rich. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. It's like, um, you own land, I own land. My land's a little bigger, though. <laughs> Is that an English I accent? Or no. <laughs> this guy came from He's Germany. From Italy. He's from Italy. This guy came <laughs> yeah. from Italy, moved to England to be a blue blood. Well, And that's what happened. Ah. That, this guy... From Italy, uh-huh. he comes around. He's like, "Hey, look, I got one of these castles, you know." <laughs> and he had money, but he clearly wasn't a blue blood. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So all of he was the a swindler. Yeah. So all of the um, other, all the other original blue bloods were yeah. like, "Oh no!" Like, listen, guys, yeah. he might be living on the block, but yes. he's no blue blood. You guys are my true blue bloods. Oh, and. So that's there. I have a I have a deep connection with you guys, but not him, even though he's on the block. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, so bl- true blue comes from the blue that's blood my, descriptor. Yeah, yes, okay. I, I imagine them working together. That somehow. makes sense. I, that's I think yeah, <laughs> that's. I was afraid it was going to be right. Too right. You're too right. It's wrong. It's a, the guess is wrong. Good, but you did. There are some boxes you checked that fit into the history of. True Blood. It's all I'm Wait, trying. True Blood. Wait, that's a vampire show, right? Yes. True Blue. Yes. And that's because it does take place in England. All right? Boom. So that's Check our box. setting. That's our setting. That's a box checked. <laughs> and what I'd like you to do, we're going to go backwards in our minds to the Middle Ages. Okay. Okay, so let's get some sound effects up. What kind of? What are like, the sound effects of the Middle Ages? Like uh, horse carts, horse carts, chickens, maybe maybe some chickens. Yeah, <laughs> slop, slop. Like, like people jump and slop. Some slop at the market. Yeah, some market slop. Yeah, or maybe work in the peat fields. Yeah, or the the bell. Would <laughs> you just work the bell? <laughs> yeah. Are you making the bell or ringing the I bell? I think you're ringing the bell. Ring my bell. That's uh, a classic. So. We're just going to make up uh, the name of a guy. His name's Elphick. Okay. okay? Which was, was an actual middle age name. Okay. And so this guy, Elphick, is a medieval clothier. Do you know what a clothier is? Does he make clothes? That's a tailor. <laughs> okay. So he make cloths? Make cloth, yeah. Uh, okay. Exactly. So this was a profession back in the, in the middle ages, all right? So Elphick's, he makes cloth and he loves it. Yeah. You know, he does it every day, all day. And so first, you know, he goes to the sheep and he gets the wool, right? Uh-huh. And then he's like, you know, he's making sure all of the uh, the impurities are removed. And he's like, oh, yeah. that's a good piece of wool. Yes. If I do say so <laughs> if myself. If I do say so myself. And then he's got to spin it into yarn, right? So he's, you know, got the spinning wheel going. Yeah. Also, oh, there is plenty Rumpel of evidence skin. that women also had this job. But mo- more clothiers were men. Yeah, it reminds me of like... Is it, wait, is it Sleeping Beauty or Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. Still, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because then doesn't Rumpelstiltskin want like a gold? Spun, spun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. The hay into gold? Hay into gold. Yeah. Yeah. Great story. Hey, sounds good to me. <laughs> so, you know, he's got his yarn going and then 
um, he's got to loom it into fabric, right? right? And then after that, you got to do a little, you got to pound on it (laughs) with your feet. So this is my favorite part. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So imagine Alfred just, he wakes up and he stretches like, this is going to be a good day. See you, honey. I'm going to pound town. (laughs) (laughs) This wool is going to pound town. So um, if he, if Elfric, you know, had some, some moolah, he might be living next to a river and get to use a water mill that would be pounding the, so like, but that's only if, you know, you know, that might. And Elfric didn't have that. Elfric did not have that. I didn't see that. (laughs) Well, because uh, to do this entire process takes half a year. Oh my god! For like, <laughs> you <gonna> say hour, <laughs> like just to well, a whole half an hour, yeah, a whole half hour. <laughs> but yeah, so like eventually, clothiers would you know start to be like, all right, why don't you do this? You do the, you gather the wool, you fold yeah. the wool, you you know spin it, you like you know gotta. And me, I'm going to oversee <laughs> and take a lot of naps. <laughs> yeah, this guy's kind of now like in Brooklyn or something. <laughs> I will oversee this. Um, so then you got to put the wool out, right? So you put them on tensor hooks. It's a great word, isn't it? Tensor hooks. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a idiom in itself, right? I'm it on is. tensor hooks, right? It is an idiom on itself. And I was going to bring that up in the end. Whoops. But we'll come back to it. All right. So Albert knows his idioms. Yeah. All right. And then it's done. It's pressed. It's folded. You got to dye it as well. And so Elfric's what like, what color? <clears throat> Elfric's like, what color? <laughs> what color? What color? <laughs> I've gotten pretty far in this process, and now I gotta pick a color. I know I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not up for the task. It's too much pressure. Damn it! I've been working on this shit for half a year. <laughs> yeah, Elfric is not. He like. This, and that'd be funny if every year, six yeah. months into the process, he always comes to that same thing. He's like, yeah. I tab it in again. Dude, I, I cannot choose. I feel like I can relate to Elfric because I every year I have to write fucking IEPs and I'm like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get ready this year. Right. At school. And like and every year I'm like, asshole, asshole, asshole. <laughs> We've all been there. Elfric's he's the everyman. He is. You gotta love him. So uh he he's needs to choose what color right to make this this uh cloth so he goes i got it i live in coventry england i'm gonna make it coventry blue absolutely Uh (laughs) uh-huh and plus it's the only color i have so (laughs) i guess the choice was not so difficult (laughs) upon reflection (laughs) but i imagine if I did have more colors, yeah, this then. could be harder. But I, I don't know. I, I really like that Coventry blue. So, well, Coventry blue is a famous uh, dye from the time that was made specifically in Coventry, England, the town Coventry, famous England. Color, interesting. Yeah, and uh, so no, we don't even have the exact recipe for what they used for Coventry blue. Wow. Um, so no one knows exactly what it looks like because you know enough centuries pass and it fades a little bit or the colors change. So I do have a color of what they you know this is what they use for Coventry blue in Coventry England. That's a nice blue. It's a nice blue, I right? Like it, yeah. Can you describe that? Because I don't know how to. I don't really know how to. Well, it's kind of like regular blue, only it's a little bit lighter and it feels like it's almost 
illuminated. <laughs> it's like, Might be because it's on a laptop, <laughs> which is literally giving off light. <laughs> no, 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 no. Something else. <laughs> no, it's it's it 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 has its own luminosity. Ooh, I, I believe <laughs> luminosity. Luminosity. Uh, yeah. So it's a beautiful color. It's beautiful. It makes you want to take the day off from work. <laughs> Easy. So this this town had a reputation for making this this specific type of cloth, this blue cloth, and they would call it true Coventry blue. Nice. And that is tasty. So like, if you had a true blue cloth, you knew that the it wouldn't like run or fade, and like the the color would like remain for a very long time because. Because the dye was so effective. It's a status symbol too, right? Well, interesting you bring this up. So it was definitely a status symbol. Most people didn't even have colored cloth in right. the medieval ages. Yeah, you I would know? imagine that seems like kind of You know, it's uh, like 1300, Elfric's a clothier. He's standing in his hut and he's like, you know, if I'm making, if I'm making the colored cloths, I think I should get to wear colored cloths. Oh. But he no, wants to his wear stuff them. was just brown and oh. pale. <laughs> He wants to wear them, but he sells them to feed his, his you know, sheep. I got this damn family. <laughs> and the family. <laughs> I could be prancing around in all of Coventry blue scraps if I didn't have them to feed. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe I'll get rid of them. And um, so, uh, that's, so then essentially that got popularized. And um, in 1670, uh, so this is like a little bit after the Black Death. Um, Sweet. John Ray wrote in a complete collection of English proverbs, Coventry had formerly the reputation for dying of blues, insomuch that true blue became a proverb to signify one that was always the same and like himself. Hmm. hmm. Wow. There you go. So the first time it was it was mentioned, and I wanted to say, because you brought up like a, a status symbol. So, you know, if this is around like 1300, when the bubonic plague hit, nearly half the population of England was was killed off. Right. Isn't that crazy? The Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. What? What do they do? Well, they want to kill half the population, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> or more. <laughs> so after this happened, the standard of living for all of the English people that had survived went up because they had more land and they oh, had more. so many people died. Yeah, because yeah. half the country died. They're like, well, now we got all this space. Right. And so they would... Uh, you know, they had the chance to like graze more sheep all of a sudden. Right. So then it became more popular and, and poorer people could buy it because there was just more of it and it wasn't as expensive. And so then like the aristocrats would be like, mm, like poor people have blue <laughs> dresses blue. now. Yeah. And there's actual like writings of, of aristocrats being like furious and disgusted that poor people like serfs would be able to wow. afford a colored cloth. Wow. That's... That's funny. You think maybe they could be like, well, we're going to do red cloth now. What do you think about that? <laughs> red. A different <laughs> color? Really, Bob. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much... Um, I think I knew there'd be it. something with the aristocracy in there. Yeah, it wasn't much in the, with the aristocracy. Yeah, they got mad at the end. <laughs> they did get mad at the end. But uh, anyway, I'd like to think that... Uh, what's his stupid name? Elfric. Yeah. I like to think that Elfric survived the Black Death. Yeah. He made it to the end and he's like, okay, 
I'm just going to continue doing what I've always done. And with all these people dead, there's a little bit of extra Coventry blue for old Alfred. <laughs> and he like skips off into the into one of those sh- like shrinking black yeah, holes. Like, yeah. That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually cool with just ending the story there. Let's just, that's it. <laughs> and that was the tale of Elfric and the Coventry blue. The true blue. And I like the way you uh, took us through your segment there. You so because Elfric is not real, right? No. But I like that. I think seeing history through one person's eyes is actually a good way to go. Th- well, thank you. That's why I can never pay attention in history class. They're like, in this year, yeah. in this country, there were all these people doing this thing, and I'm just like, my brain is like, what? Hmm. Now okay. I feel like I should do that. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> you can do it on the fly. It's going to be a little tough. Now, there are other cloth-making idioms, and Albert brought one up on tenterhooks, which just means like you're in a state of uneasiness. And I thought that it was tenderhooks ah. at first, and then. it's Yeah, and it's like literally the wooden frame that they would hang the wool on. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, it says a sharp-hooked nail used especially for fastening cloth. Oh, yeah, I guess like those, yeah. those uh, what are those called? Sharp hooks? No. Uh, so dyed in the wool, dyed in the wool is another idiom uh, yes, that yes. comes from the same process because you can technically dye the wool before the end. So interesting. What is, do you know what that means? Dyed in the wool? Yeah, like a dyed in the wool Eagles like, fan. Yeah, it feels like oh, dyed in the wool. It feels like maybe you, you were born an Eagles fan or something. Like you, you oh, it's st- uncompromising. Oh, okay. but yeah, you're right. Yeah, because uh, the idea was that you could you know, influence a child really early in their life, yeah. you know, to be whatever, like a devout Christian right. or something like that. Man, thank God that didn't work for Catholic school. For you? <laughs> yeah, that your parents rough. tried to die you in the wall. Yeah. It didn't work well, out very well. you were there for a little bit. Oh, no, I know. But I was in the same situation. It's too early for kids. <laughs> we were mostly just... that shit. In third grade, Albert and I were mostly just drawing, like, cars with spiked wheels yes. running over people and yes. jumping over alligator creeks. yes. Uh, and the last idiom that comes from this is spinster. Oh. Like a woman who seems unlikely to marry because like the people spin in the wheel. You know, oh. That's where spinster comes from. I would have thought it came from the flappers' dresses because when they spun like all those oh. like, beads like spin around. Yeah. I really yeah. did. I thought that's what a spinster that's, was about. I like that better. I, that's, I would have definitely not thought it was about weaving. All right. So I do have a few fun facts. Um, one of them yes. is... Oh, wait, wait. Shoot, I have facts about Coventry and fun facts. Well, I don't want to give you too money. Lay yum on me. <laughs> I got nowhere to go. Well, first of all, True Blue is a Madonna song from the 80s. Do you remember that? Mm, it's mm-mm. like, True Blue, baby, I love you. No. True love. It kind of had like a 50s vibe to it. Cool. But it's called True Blue, and it's about, she was married to Sean Penn. Really? Yeah. And this song's about Sean Penn because he liked to use the phrase true blue. Wow. How about that? Sean Penn. Hmm. How, was, was she married a lot? I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I didn't know she ever dated or was married to Sean Me Penn. Me neither. <laughs> I know. We should probably look up like who would other famous people? people have been in her life. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. Just no, I next like, time. I like it. I like it. Coventry's also home to Lady Godiva. That was... The origin story of the idiom Peeping Tom, yes. which we did episode three, Don't Slap the Devil Dog. Man. So if you want to go back and That's see we really where Peeping and Tom came out, 
That means two idioms, one town. That's pretty big. Wow, that's huge, actually. I know. Huh. Um, legend has it that Coventry was the birthplace of St. George, the dragon slayer. Yes. And patron saint of England. And also, all modern bicycles are descended from John Kemp Starley's rover safety cycle invented in Coventry. All bicycles? The modern bicycle. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Okay, my last thing is that uh, Chuck Berry recorded his number one hit, My Dingaling, at a Coventry <laughs> dance hall. <laughs> Dingaling, that's great. And can you believe that? Because we did a. We, I did Ding Dong like yes, at one you point. Did. Yes, and and I, that had like a direct relation to Ding Ling about like bell. I don't know bell stuff. That's fun. Yeah, and the whole thing was just, um, you know, uh, like reference to his 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 penis. Like, oh, really? Yeah, like, and so his they try to get his song banned in countries because it's like Ma Ding Ling. But it, the whole thing is about his mom telling him to stop playing with this toy, which is this all these silver bells. And there he calls him my dingling. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's a wrap for True Blue. And um And Madonna was married to Sean Penn from eighty five to eighty nine and Guy Ritchie from two thousand two thousand eight. Oh yeah, Guy Ritchie, I remember that. He did Snatch. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She married that guy, huh? Yeah. Interesting. I would have thought the list would be longer. Alright, well. No offense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we will be right back with Albert's Idiom after this brief musical interlude. Be an idiom that caught Albert off guard. Spit take. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Need a new mic. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. Make our Patreon. You know, I was actually just thinking. So, me and Ryan were looking up the uh, Bigfoot uh, convention in, in Salt Ohio, Fork, Ohio yeah. <laughs> which is sold out. Oh, by the shit. way, <sighs> we need to buy for twenty twenty three. You know, buy our tickets for twenty twenty. I know. I just, I just am like. How do we mess up this bad and forget to get those? I mean, I guess we should have known. Like that place is so cool. Like, yeah. That, that because I almost feel like I'd be like, you know what, whatever. If it's sold out, we'll just go and stay in that hotel. Yeah, it it's this fun. beautiful cabin hotel in the middle of Salt Fork State Park. Is that what is yeah, it in Ohio? And they like, have a Bigfoot convention every year, and we're like, we gotta come back for that. Yeah, like we went there on a road trip just to see the uh, Bigfoot statue. They have like a big carving that goes it's high, it's like goes through the ceiling. Yeah. But um you know the the building is like it's almost like um the mm-hmm. um 
from Overlook Twin Hotel from Shining. Oh, I was gonna say like from Twin Peaks. It oh, Twin Peaks. Gives, yeah, it reminds yeah. me a little bit of the Great Northern. A little. Oh bit. yeah, right. Big fireplaces and like yeah, lots the, of wood. It's and, like the Great Northern. Yeah. Well, listen. If any of our listeners in Ohio have maybe they know, have an inn or they, they like know yes. the maybe you're organizer, a ranger over there. Yeah, and you could arrange for us to Ooh, come. Yes. You know, all expenses paid. Yes. Oh, that's oh, that's why I was thinking about. It. I was like, we should get the Patreon going. The people could send us to the Bigfoot Convention. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, you're kind of paying yourself because that's just more content for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm, Do you mm-hmm. hear about yeah, it? Yes, endless content. <laughs> All right, so what's your uh, idiom? I thought we were, I thought we were going to sneak it in there with the Bigfoot conversation. Maybe I already did. Oh, I don't. But no, really. Let's oh. let's, let's just get down to brass tacks. Brass tacks. Yes. Didn't you do this before? No, thank God. <laughs> I, dude, I almost thought you did it. Brass tacks. No, we're getting down to brass tacks, and I have not done it before, and you have not done it before. No, I've not. Um. Okay, so uh, brass tacks means uh, let's get down to the 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 uh, details. Let's let's sign this contract. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to else to define. No, that's it. good. The details to start to discuss or consider the most important details or facts about something. Oh, okay. So it's like, all right, let's just skip the small talk. Let's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the brass tacks. I got it. I see. I see. Okay. So, what do you think? Ryan's going to whip up a guess about where this um, idiom comes from. Whip up a guess. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, around here, we just love Shrek, don't we? Yes, we do. All right. So, that makes me think of Scotland. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that brass tacks comes from the, uh, you know, the era when, when England was just... Ugh, like just always on their asses. Oh, for uh, Scotland, you know, yeah, I like, like they're always, always, always fucking with them. Yeah. Braveheart has to come out and <laughs> kill everyone, and then they still lose. I know, and they still lost. So, yeah, this is a time where I mean, I and I guess this still exists to some degree today. But this, when England was just like, we are gonna tax, 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 tax you tax, all day tax. long, yeah, because and, we're jealous, of, right. of your cliffs. Yes, jealous of your cliffs. Exactly. Um, all right, so there was one infamous tax man. Mm. Uh, yeah, and his, his name was... Uh, oh, I see. Tax. His, his name was um, Godwin Waffle. And That's a great name. Godwin, was just, he was like salivating at the lips, right? He just wanted to frothing from the jaw. <laughs> because he's so excited about taxing people. Yes, oh, that's yeah. Because the the queen or the king at the time or queen is like you know, Godwin, it's time for the tax. <laughs> it's the tax time, and he's just like, oh Get yeah, me in that Scotland. So he shows up, and and uh, you know, uh, naturally w- William the Scotsman is uh, there waiting. You know, and this, he's the first town closest to the border of England and Scotland because because Godwin right. works his way through all the towns. Oh, yeah. And everyone just knows he's coming. So he's like, um, all right. So, you know, it's time to, to tax uh, tax you. And, you know, I'm going <laughs> to need to know. You know what I'm for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, right. So. And the guy's like, all right, so, you know, what do I sell? What do I buy? 
That's what do you what do you get taxed on? Money that you make, right? I would imagine, yeah, yes, you get okay. taxed for fucking everything. But I feel like back then it was probably a lot of like land taxes, yeah. just like just to live, like living like, taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so William's like, well, I've got three goats, I've got twelve sheep, uh, <laughs> I've got Scottish rats in me backyard, <laughs> and uh, Godwin's like, oh, okay, rat tax, okay, sheep tax, and the Highland coo tax, and the brass tell me about the brass you selling uh, brass around here and he's yeah. like I've, i ain't got hey. no brass <laughs> <laughs> i've just got the grass and uh gawin's like I know, listen i know you're selling I brass that's why i can smell the brass <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you've been trading with the brass makers okay right. and i'm gonna tax your ass on this that is a premium product right there and he's like i swear to god and then uh you know gawin just kind of like elbows the barn door and there's just just racks of brass <laughs> <laughs> that William has been selling and he's like you're getting the brass tax and he just <laughs> he just get, gets them and then it's so it's just like um, you know we went through all of the big things that I'm going to tax you on but there's that one last little detail A brass tax yeah and while I was talking I realized that it's spelled differently no actually I'm <laughs> tax is not T-A-X is it no it's not so yeah. in the it's actually you know tax like t-a-c-k-s i know but i realized that too late but one of the theories was that it comes from t-a-x oh, okay. because brass right. was heavily taxed back in the day so all right well, um, well that's my guess for a possible origin of that's a really brass good one. tax okay that's a good one um no so that is not right but, <laughs> not right. <laughs> by the way i was thinking okay the uh the william waffle guy uh, right. Godwin. Godwin Waffle. I was thinking that he was, uh, what's the guy who plays uh, Willard, the the rat guy? Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. I was thinking of him. Yeah. Um, but oh, he I could had, see that. Like, his body was like super thin and stretched out, and he had these super long arms and legs, and Whoa. he like, moved like a giant spider through Ooh, the town. Like Jack Skellington, like, but Crispin Glover? Like, he down to your, like, <laughs> oh my God. he's like writing from, yeah, he's like huge. Yeah. But also skinny yeah yeah and so he's kind of like evil like a, like a monster it's like a tax monster yeah that i, I could see it the That's, foaming mouth and everything yeah yeah right yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> sniffing out the brass really, yeah and like in his nose is like really long oh man yeah, yeah. You, That's a good little you painted a ghoul. picture for me it's yeah. quite the ghoul <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it would be, you know, people would know he's coming because he's so big. You right. see him come. Uh, like, he could, like lift off the, the, house, the top of the house. <laughs> oh, he's like, that big? Who's in that? <laughs> All right. Okay. Enough about William Waffle. Godwin. Godwin Waffle. <laughs> All right. So this comes from Texas. Uh, in oh. around 1863 was the first time that it was in print. Okay. Uh, it's something from the Tri-Weekly Telegraph. And the, the quote was this. When you, when you come down to brass tacks... If we may be allowed the expression, everyone is governed by selfishness. Mm. So pretty, it's a pretty bleak statement about yeah, the human race, course. but I agree with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so hard to disagree. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah. so that's when it first appeared so in print. First in print okay. and all the other, all the other uh, times that it was in, in its earliest print was all around Texas. Okay. So, so it definitely comes from Texas. Apparently. And Texas and England are very, very similar. Yes. Yes. But here's the thing. This is one of those idioms of questionable origins. Uh, 
so we've got a couple we got a couple theories about where this comes from. So I'm gonna tell you about them. Okay, thank you. The first one What does everyone think about that? Come on. They, they want to see it. They're ready. All right. They're ready for Origin it. Origin theory one comes from the upholstery business. Well, both of ours are very similar. I, yeah, I was noticing some similarities. <laughs> Upholstery. All right. So they used to use these brass headed nails mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, ta like uh, fix the fabric mm -hmm. to these chairs. And this has been around since like uh, the Tudor times sure. in England. Uh, and it was a, it was a twofold uh, reason to use the brass tacks. And one was that they were like ornate and decorative and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then the other was that they were impervious to rust. Mm. So, so they would form and function. Yeah. Form and function. Yeah. Um, but the problem with this idea is that this is like because the uh, process has been around for a couple hundred years before mm -hmm. this started. And again, it was like popular in England and not Texas. It's kind of like where people start putting holes in the theory. Okay. But the people that do believe say it's like, well, you know, when you reupholster something, you're going to strip it down to like its bare frame. Right. And the brass and just like the nails and stuff would be left. Right. Okay. Pretty good argument. Yeah, sure. But actually, when you when you start to reupholster, the, mm. the tax would come out first. Right. So, yeah. Unless you're ripping the fabric. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So okay. so there's again there's like there's there's some like back and forth about like why it could be right or why it could not be right. Mm. So that's that's theory number one. Okay. It's the upholstery. All right. Theory number two comes from haberdashery. Haberdashery. Yes. Isn't that similar to upholstery? Uh, well, this is like making. Uh, I saw it was making like clothing, like oh, fine oh, okay. men's clothing. Yeah, okay. You know, so uh, in the haberdashery, they were making clothes, and this was supposed to be a little bit nicer than what people used to do back there. A lot of it was just doing um, like they would measure uh, yards of uh, fabric and and you know string and all that stuff with uh, just the arm's length mm -hmm. but this because it was supposed to be a little bit more of like a boutique experience mm -hmm. they would have these uh brass tacks in this little uh table and then they would measure the stuff out uh accurately. Ah, i see yeah so oh so okay so because they were using these for accuracy mm -hmm. that's like how the, the like, phrase would have become to like details yeah, yeah, or like yeah. fine details yes yeah i see um so and this has been written about like one of the earlier uh, quotes using it in this way is from 1880 in the metropolis of the Rocky Mountains, which is, uh, I hurried over to Seabright's. There's a little square counter heaped with calicos and other gear except a small space clear for measuring with the yards tacked off with brass tacks. Mm. So they're actually just describing like. And what year was that? That was in 1880. Oh, okay. So a little so bit. So still after the telegraph. Yes. Thing. Okay. Or the, yeah, see, that's the thing. So it's after um, that it was in print. So one is too early and one is kind of too late. Yeah. You know, huh. um, there is another theory that it comes from Cockney rhyming slang, which we love here on we, the show. We've been talking about Cockney rhyming slang since episode four. Yeah. And the, in, in this uh, in this way, tax would be the rhyme of facts. So like, let's getting down to the facts. Okay, I see. So um, just because it rhymes. Yeah, well, that's how Cockney rhyming is, is all about. Like, just, yeah. It's just trying to confuse and... Listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with this, though, is that it was it started in the 19th century, but it was more in the UK and Australia. We're the only two speaking to Cockney. So again... So again, America's out of the equ thing. equation there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, those are the three most popular. 
Um, and the most likely one is the uh, coming from the um, like the upholstery or the haberdashery. Well, which one? Upholstery or hmm. haberdashery? <laughs> well, haberdashery, right? That one seems. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I. Yes, that seems like the most plausible because it's actually like the tax on the board, and it's like that's very specific. I don't know. So now you're. Uh, gonna, but I now can also see the upholstery being good too. Okay. Because here's my thing about people saying like, "Well, the tax are the last things in there." Or, or, or not the last things in there when you reupholster, but it's like, yeah, but okay, but like I'm almost down to the boat. I'm taking it off. Yeah, it's you know coming I mean? off. Yeah, what like? it's like, oh, I'm gonna get down to the fabric plush, or like, <laughs> I'm gonna get down to the cushions. I see what you mean. Yeah, like I think it still could work. All right, but and but you have a fourth and favorite yeah, guest. This coming is a up, favorite like. of mine, okay. and I think it's much less known. So let's talk about it. Um, there was this anonymous text titled Brass Tax mm -hmm. published in the Wyandotte Pioneer on the 14th of May, 1868. So we're, okay. in, we're in close to yeah. the right zone. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to read a quote here because I, they, then you're going to see what it's all about. Um, Brings things right down to brass tax in all the affairs of this life and the millennium is not far away. Brass tax. Emblem of the only inevitable and last friend, the Undertaker. Studded over our final ligneous adornment, brass tacks are suggestive of stern, inexorable reality. Sham and shoddy are no longer available. Deceit and pretense are below par. Brass tanks, tacks, so close, have equalized all human earthly conditions. Holy shit. So the idea is I want is a that, brass tacks tattoo now. Well, yeah, these are the brass tacks of coffins. Mm. Um, and the whole idea is that it, it, it equalizes everyone. We all die, whether you're a prince or a pauper. Yeah. You know? Um, We're all getting nailed down. Yeah. With, yeah. Into the wooden casket yes. with brass tacks. So they used to have these broad headed nails of brass that were um, studded over a coffin. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so that could be the brass tacks that they're talking about. Um, and it's suggested that this is all about how the fundamental reality of death is inescapable. Um, and, it, and it would cause someone to reveal their essential characteristics. Mm. Um, it puts Death puts an end to any possibility of dissimulation and artifice. So that's this one. There's this one text that's like mm. all about it. That Could, seems, I mean, I would, I would prefer that to be the origin. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, basically the coffin nails. Yeah. That's so badass. Yeah. It's fun. Um, you know, it could just be that this person is death obsessed. You yeah, know right. what I mean? And, and you know, it really, it, it definitely works. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, you can find ways to relate almost anything to death if you yeah. want to. So, and there's so many idioms about death. Yeah. Um, that this could be one of those things that it lends itself manufactured well. after it. But it's yeah. it's less popular. And I, I love I love the idea. And there it is for you. All right. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. All right, so I only had one fun fact because I didn't really know, like, what the hell do I even, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> so I wanted to look up if there was any um, uh, superstition about brass. Yeah. Because I feel like there's always, like, stuff about metal and whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. So one thing that I found was that there was English horse brasses and straps that adorned the English drought horse from the early days. Mm -hmm. And this was in the British Isles when they used them for the wool trade. Okay. Um, wool trade that's also part of oh, yeah. true blue yeah they could be carrying some true blue <laughs> right. 
Uh, the horse brasses were originally used as amulets or charms to keep the animal safe from evil and wicked people. Oh, cool. So I thought that's kind of cool. So I like that it's a protective charm. Yes. And uh, they were used in the early superstitious uh, Celtic days and all the way up to the industrial age. And they had uh, simple designs such as the sun, the moon, and geometric shapes and religious symbols. Cool. Yeah. So this was something that they used to put on their horses to protect them. And I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> and they're made and- of brass, baby. <laughs> cool. That's great. I didn't know much about brass. When's the, when's the brass year? Aren't we in like if for the Chinese New Year? Is there a brass year? I don't know. Is there? I guess uh, not. Brass isn't very well, nice, is it? You know what? When we were looking them up, there's like, you talking about like like the water and the wood yeah. and, the, and the metal. Yes. There's metal. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm thinking of the metal year. Yeah. The metal brass rat. Brass year. The metal rat. Yeah. All right. Well, is that the cookie crumble? I think thing? that is how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Oh my. Well, that means we've reached the end of the show here, and you can tell because the countdown oh boy. has just begun. She's a coming. So, <laughs> she's a coming. Uh, so if you want to get in touch, don't be an idiom at gmail.com. If you have a request for an idiom. Yeah. What else? Uh, check out our Instagram. Get those likes up, baby. And <laughs> as if they could get any higher. <laughs> um, and, you know, until next time. Don't be an idiot. Wonderful time of the year. <laughs>